Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Welcome back, Opa Adam. You're here for the deluxe version. Hello, it's good to be back. Yeah, in downtown Chinatown of all times, COVID times. COVID times, unique. At least we don't have any interruptions. No, well, we're sitting two meters away from each other, but we're recording in the same room. Just letting everyone know we're two meters away from each other. Probably more. Yeah. With Bagrat, like, just making us hold our corners in the middle. <laughs> kind of like a DMZ, you know how North Korea and South Korea has got that DMZ? Well, Bagrat's the DMZ. He, he is. He's the he's the um, the safety zone. <laughs> you can be South Korea, I'll be North Korea, having that. Yeah, ba- I think Bagrat would really enjoy living in the DMZ. <laughs> Apparently it's full of animals. Like, it's got this most amazing wildlife um, because it hasn't been touched. It's, it's literally four kilometers wide. Yeah. And um, they've got very rare birds and heaps of bushland. And it's, it's like a little oasis in the middle of a, a war-torn or a technically um, war zone, which, you know, still exists today. Yeah, well, he'll be the only unique animal there, the kangaroo. Boxing kangaroo. Yeah, it could be like the Tasmanian tiger of the Korean Peninsula. <laughs> oh, anyway, it's good to have you back. And because uh, you were here last time uh, for episode 29. That's right. Where we biff mu- uh, biff mustard. <laughs> where we myth mustered a few common uh, Korean cultural uh, questions. So we just, did. Yes, is it true that Koreans eat kimchi for every meal? Is yep. it true that one in three Koreans have plastic surgery? Uh, as you know, we yeah. recently had our audio facelift, so we're looking pretty good now. Yep. Sound and swish. <laughs> and I think our surgeons were from Korea. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> were they brutal? <laughs> <laughs> but they did a good job. That's, that's what matters. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we also spoke about um, so K-pop, K-drama, and all these house names like Sai or Gangnam Style, Train to Busan. Yeah. Now huge. Yeah, yeah. Parasite. Yep. Yeah, mm. Parasite, yeah. That's right. Um, so this time we're going to talk more about business as well. Okay, yep. Yeah, we do have a few things we can cover on that. Sweet. All right, so we're going to go deep. And yeah. to get everyone going, why don't we just do a myth-busting to begin with? Okay, sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, everyone likes a bit of myth-busting. Uh, so for all you eager Korean fans and wannabes out there, this is what Adam has to say when I say these really inappropriate things. It's a shame I don't have a sign to be like, busted. Busted. <laughs> well, that's true. We may have some soundtracks that goes, busted. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> All right, first question. Yes. On the third, because of the, the, uh, third, because of the 38th parallel, uh-huh. okay, is it true that South Koreans and North Koreans speak the same language? Good question. Or do they have like various accents? Like, you know, how Queenslanders and Victorians speak a little different. And yeah. then like uh, with China, Mandarin is spoken up in the north and then in the south it's Cantonese, which is like completely different. Yeah. Well, it's um, a good question. Um, technically, North and South Korea speaks the same language. Mm. Um, but from what I've heard, and this is from people that I've met in, in South Korea, they said that people in North Korea speak like an older kind of dialect. Like it sounds like a little bit different. The language sounds a little bit different. So the formalities and 
um, honorific terms they might use are a, a little bit old-fashioned. Okay. Um, and then also, um, I don't know if this is just from what we've seen on the news, but have you ever noticed how the news presenters in North Korea always speak in a really deep, strong tone, no matter like whether it's a female... And very serious, or, too. Always very, very serious, as you can imagine. But um, always speak in a very deep, like sincere tone um but yeah technically north and south korea does speak the same language and they obviously um not that long ago were the same country um yeah so there's they're not there's not huge differences in in in, in, in their language okay so it's pretty much like queensland victoria then <laughs> yeah i guess yeah maybe maybe that's true you know they say that queenslanders have a stronger australian Ocker accent, accent a, bit, yeah. a bit more ochre and a bit like mine know, <laughs> bit more sort of like finish everything in A or aye, like aye. a question sounds like a question. Or X mate, eh? A. And Victorians are like a little bit hipster and they always end something with like, like a question, like a high pitch. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think that happens, yeah. It's it's little little nuances, hey? Absolutely. Alright, let's bust myth number two. So we gotta say we gotta say, right? That that myth was busted that they don't speak the same language. Am I right? Different accents, I guess. Different accents. Yeah. yeah no, same language. So, same thing. Same thing. Myth, myth busted. Yeah, totally busted. <laughs> all right, number two. Is it true that in a Korean business deal, it's all about drinking soju and you can't leave until the big boss leaves? <laughs> Did we talk about this last time or not? I can't remember. I, I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I feel like I've told this story like a thousand times. Oh. But, um... We can undo this one if you like. No, no, no. But I think it's worth like maybe touching on again. You know, uh, I guess that, that, that's true for a lot of um, cultures across Asia, but building relationships before business is done is always really important. Mm -hmm. And um, I learned that lesson probably the hard way. Um, when I first started working with Korea, um, most of my engagement was sort of done remotely because I, I was living in London and we had um, some clients from LG Electronics who were obviously based in Seoul. And so we did a lot of business via teleconference and emails and there's always plenty of room for misinterpretation of stuff like that. And occasionally, like once every couple of months, we'd travel down and spend a week in, in Seoul and we'd do the meetings and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, re building relationships and sort of understanding each other and developing that trust in the short term is really critical. And um, so I was kind of the sacrificial lamb in a way <laughs> that after a couple of years of kind of doing that back and forth, um, the guys in London asked me, would I consider moving down to Seoul and, you know, working on that relationship? Mm -hmm. um, and I think for the first six months that I was there, that was pretty much my life was Korean barbecue and soju and then beer bars after with that and then karaoke and stuff until Sounds all hours of, of the morning. So it was, it was quite <laughs> fun. Not, not so good for your health, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, exa exactly. But a, a, lo a lot of fun. And, and, um, we developed some really deep relationships with the clients that we had there. Um, to the point of like, I remember having, um, one of the guys that I reported into sort of standing up in a meeting and avidly defending me, um, when we were trying to do a contract negotiation, with one of the other senior clients. So it, it just shows you that that kind of rapport building and time does, you know, does go a long, a long way. So I guess that was a pretty clear indication that you were doing well for your company. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess, okay. and I guess I also have to be thankful to the company to give me that leniency and to have that 
level of trust and stuff to be able to do that because they're probably looking at the invoices that I'm sending back to their head office. What the hell was going on? Like on a Monday night at you know one thirty in the morning, why why have I got this six figure bill you know coming coming through? But that you know when when uh, when you're in the formative stages of the relationship, then then those little things do go go a long way. Okay, have there been times where you could sense that the deal was going sour? Like what kind of um, indications from the Korean side would pretty yeah. much show that okay, maybe it's time to change tactics, or perhaps we should call it a night. Well, it was ne it was never really that easy. Um, you, you know, you always sort of have to observe and kind of dissect what your counterparty is is thinking. But I just I just remember there was there was one meeting um, when we were in, and we were trying to we were trying to sell a project with. Um, with this website that did reviews on electronic stuff. And we were trying to pitch it to the different um, sections of LG. And we had the guy come down from London and we we lined up all these meetings over a couple of days. I remember the first meeting we were like, oh, you know, we'll get some feedback, we'll see how it goes. And then the rest should be really easy. And I remember the the most senior guy um, in the room who was like the, the chief marketing officer um, kind of, falling asleep in the middle of the pitch and we're like oh god like this is not a good sign are he's we oh, yeah he's meditating and we, are, are we are we killing it are we like really nailing it and he's like he's already made his mind up and where everything's good or, or or is he just completely off office and has decided that he's going to check out and catch up on a on a few um on a few zeds in the middle of the meeting um but ironically so we we powered on like that was a little bit disconcerting i was like oh Think we've lost our audience here mm. um and then the other guys around the room um they're all furiously typing on their laptops um either taking notes or probably doing something else and catching up on on missed work but um i remember at the very end he sort of like perked up and he put his head up and and sort of looks around the room and he just came up with this really poignant question yeah. um that he'd heard everything that we'd said and he'd perfectly processed it meditating and, after with, all. <laughs> and maybe he was meditating on the on the thoughts and then came up with this really accurate sort of um and poignant question at the end so yeah it just goes to show that you know what we think uh counts for people paying attention is probably a little bit different but yeah that was that was an interesting experience yeah perhaps he was just like oh there's too much happening out i'm looking at people i'm trying to listen and engage at the same time yeah and process so that's three things you got to do yeah so maybe he just i'm just going to shut one of my senses down which is visual and just listen he's just blocking out the bullshit basically <laughs> <laughs> you got a pretty bullshit face look at you <laughs> <laughs> Mm. So when I was working in China, uh, we were taken to have this, you know, meeting with you know the important uh, Chinese counterpart and our fearless leader who who uh, was at the head of this. I think he just had a brain fire and just totally forgot my name or yeah. something. And so in Chinese meetings, um, they always match the number of guests with yeah yeah so you can yeah. have four on Same your deal. side you have yeah. to bring four on their side and so because he had a brain fire he just totally forgot or something happened the other side who was opposite me he just looked furious and just walked off 
Oh wow! Yeah. So he was your counterpart from the Chinese. From the Chinese business. Event. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and so I just knew straight away. Oh, this 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 deal's done. This Does that mean you have to leave the room, like, to keep the numbers even? Yeah, Is that going to start messing up with the whole? Exactly. Well, I didn't know what to do. I was just like, oh, do I keep sitting here, or, or do I also leave the room and then the other guy and I can just like counsel each other <laughs> <laughs> and have a cry? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so at the very end, uh, I think it was made pretty clear that the Chinese side was not going to do anything because at the end uh, the guy said by the way there was a Chinese translator so it sure. came both ways and then yeah. at the very, very end he the Chinese side spoke in English and said well your English is uh, very good uh-huh I think that was the end and that was that was nothing to follow oh on. god I hate those meetings it's so awkward <laughs> I know and then even, it, and think about like if you have a bad situation where you have to do the follow-up dinner afterwards and you're sort of like awkwardly sitting there across the table, hmm, this is really nice, like what else are we going to talk about? Neither party wants to be there, they'd much rather be in a million other places, but you have to sort of sit it out. I know. Um, speaking of which, there was a little um, restaurant, I really miss this place and I often quite, I often think back to it and it was um, just near the place where we used to stay in Yoido. And they used to serve beer out of a bottle, much like, you know, we're, we're drinking some um, sponsored beers here. That's right. Uh, yep. Starts with A, ends with I. Yeah. And they'd make these little, um, with a napkin, they'd make these little beer hats that look like a Pope's hat. And you just sort of put it on the top of the bottle. And I guess was that their way of saying that, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to drink out of the bottle and to give it some sort of, I don't know, little decoration thing. But I really miss that. Like those little touches I think I miss about, about Korea. It's also safety for women. Possibly. Yeah. So Why is that? Guys don't accidentally pop something in your drink when you're not looking. Yeah, you could look at it that way. In I never really thought about that. That's but a yeah. genius idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think Australian bars should adopt this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Let's buff beer number three. Yep. So is it true that in Korean households, they don't have red pens? Because if you write someone's name in red pen, it means death. Yeah, that um, that one's true. Oh, really? Yeah, you should never really write. I think red pens in general are not um, particularly widely used. And yeah, if you write someone's name in red pen, it's pretty, pretty uh, obnoxious. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. So, they must so, have done something pretty bad to you. Okay. So what if you're working on a document with the, with the Korean counterpart and yeah. then you want them to uh, focus on a particular item and you highlight yeah. it in red or, yeah. or have the words all in red, it, would that be considered really rude as well then? Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to do that. Like, um, mm, how do I put this? The, uh, Korean people are great with like um, stationary stuff. So they've got all of these little gizmos and gadgets, you know, highlighters and rulers that help you underline and um, different multicolored pens and little white out things that lay the, you know, the liquid paper sort of stuff on the top of the document. So I, I don't think there, I don't think there would be a problem of finding another way to identify a change other than <laughs> using a red, a red, a red highlighter. yeah, a red pen. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. Working in offices in Seoul, how dry the air conditioning was. Like Why it's, is that? I, I don't know, maybe it takes, maybe they intentionally take humidity out of the air. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if this is the same in other countries, but um, a lot of people that 
were working in the offices would have these little humidifier things on their desk that blow out like a little stream of moist air. And it was really funny. I remember walking around the desk and I was like, oh, it's like people have these little fountain sort of things. It's like a, it's like an indoor garden, um, but it's blowing out this, um, you know, this humid air. And that was to rehumidify the, the air because the air conditioning is so dry. And then, and, and then like Korea gets like very dry in winter as well, like very, very clear, blue skies but mm. it can be um can be quite dry okay mm. I just remember just a pointless little fact for you well, it's a it's an interesting fact i just didn't realize that yeah yeah i don't know I, i'm not sure why um so i guess now with covid19 uh in terms of trade with any country mm. or trade in general anything that's not online it's suffering right now yeah so uh, Australian brands, are, are they big over in Korea? Australia, the awareness of Australia is is quite good at the moment, and okay. I think it's getting better. Um, what Australia has done a really good job of, um, particularly in, in Korea, is sort of proving um, the quality of our produce. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like our, um, our vitamins and, and minerals and stuff like that, and fruit, fresh fruit and vegetables. So um, we have a really good um, we have a really good representative who within the region that looks after Australian meat and livestock, mm-hmm. and have um, and then also the the benefit of having um, some very good Australian chefs or Korean chefs that have trained in Australia that then sort of become ambassadors for Australian meat, and I think. Uh, you know, trends are still emerging, but Koreans really love um, to eat beef, as you, as you oh, can imagine, with Korean barbecue, mm. but also just as a love like a fine barbecue. dining kind of thing. And um, Australian Australian beef is is seen as a, a, a really premium type of item. Um, so yeah, we do we do compete with other countries in that, like in in, in the US, um, and the US also have quite strong meat imports into South Korea, but Australian. Um, beef is seen to be as a as a as a luxury, and then we also have a lot of um, good quality um, fruit and vegetables. Um, so Korea is Australia's largest um, exporter of mangoes. You're kidding me. Yeah, um, so they really love Australian mangoes. Wow. And um, I think part part of that um, was also um, kind of working with the supply chain. So some of the Australian producers worked. A lot with Korean um, uh, wholesalers and supermarkets mm. to help them understand how to handle the product, mm. so that it was like refrigerated properly and it was it was shipped properly and it was you know the the um, the way it was displayed in the stores and then when it was taken off the shelf and everything to make sure that people had like a really good experience of yeah. e- of eating that stuff. The scent of mango is actually quite strong. So if you put it next to another fruit, they say the durian, they'll completely mask it. So it's yeah. good for them to like push it closer to apples or something. Yeah, and I think you have to be careful with like um, handling like temperatures and stuff. Like it can't sit on the dock like in a <laughs> in a steel container in the in the 40 degree summer heat because Korea does get hot in the summer as well. Mm. Um, so I think uh, there was a lot of effort that was put in by these Australian manufacturers to make sure that the supply chain was brought up to speed and that they were familiar with how the, the produce should be handled. And then subsequently, then people have a better experience when they mm. try it and when they eat it. And then it's helped, um, it's helped our stuff be, become more popular. 
So what are some things that Australians who are at the forefront of negotiating between Korea and Australia, what should they know about uh, Korean business culture or how to talk to Koreans to get the deal in? Yeah. Wow, we got serious real quick. Oh, um, whoops. <laughs> but uh, when, I, when I was living in, in Korea, um, I was very lucky to be part of some of the preliminary discussions about the free trade agreement. So Australia and Korea have had a, a formalized free trade agreement since 2013, mm. um, which has covered a lot of sectors and really benefited our, um, our exports into the, to the market. And, and things like wine and uh, fruit and vegetable produce, meats, um, but also other things like um, automotive parts and things that supply the, the Korean supply chains. Um, which also come from from Australia, and then all the obvious things like steel and coal and um, LNG, um, of which Korea is usually Australia's biggest um, importer of. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we've we've had a, a long and deep relationship between Australia and Korea, and then also dating back to the Korean War. Mm -hmm. And I think Australia committed the most amount of troops um, to the to the Battle of Gapyong. Um, back in 1945 or 46, um, I'll have to fact check that one, but, um, but Australia has, has always supported Korea and, and we have quite, you know, strong, um, a strong history of, of, of working together. And strong business leaders as well, negotiating, representing Australia, saying the right things. When yeah, of course. Them. And, 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 um, just a mutual understanding, like mm -hmm. a mutual respect, which I think might. Um, which other countries could could learn from, mm. um, and maybe we could apply some of that diplomacy to other other areas in Asia. But but so yeah, coming back to to the question, we've had a long and deep relationship. Um, uh, we've always been very transparent. Um, Australia and Korea kind of have complementary economies in some ways. Like they're a they're a, a high end manufacturer. They usually um, produce um, high end finished goods, you know, like TVs and cars and home appliances and um, semiconductors and things that need a lot of raw commodities and inputs to to make. Mm. Um, so Australia and Korea really have complementary um, economies in that respect. Um, even though we've got a, a difference, uh, a, a fairly significant. Um, difference in in size of economy. Um, we do work well together. Yeah. Um, and then and then you know we we we're almost um in a, in a way Korea is almost like an island like Australia is, and um, part of the reason I think Koreans have such a strong sense of culture and identity is because everybody's tried to invade <laughs> them at, at one stage or or an, or another. And um, so they have developed a very strong culture and sense of identity. And I think Australia respects that as well, um, being the, the multicultural country that we are. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it's it, it goes deeper than just sort of business relationships and negotiation and a history of supporting each other, but also having similar cultural attributes in some ways as well. Yeah. So when I walk around Sydney and... I actually notice a lot of Korean brands. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, well, actually, some of them I'll go, oh, what is that brand? And I do a you know, quick Google search, like, oh, that's from Korea. And one of my favorite noodles, which I never knew was actually Korean, is the the Shin noodles. Shin ramen. Yeah. 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 I had no idea it was Korean. I always thought it was Chinese. Oh no, it's so good. Oh the my chili, god, it's the best. Yeah. It's got just the right amount of chili. It's it's spicy, but it's not like crazy. You can't eat it. 
yeah. tears rolling down your cheeks sort of stuff. Exactly. I think it's probably like one of the more premium uh, noodle, you know, like two minute noodle uh, that you can get off the shelf. And yeah. it, it was really funny because I was walking around and uh, on the shelf it goes, Black Label. Shin ramen. Like, what oh, is it turning into like a Johnny Walker? Oh, yeah, there's serious like um, price segmentation going on. Like, they've got their mix really well worked out. And that, yeah, that black label one's a little bit more expensive. Like, it might be like $3.80 yes. a packet or something yes. like that. With the additional of like real meat or bigger, chunkier meat. and um, Yeah, better better quality mushroom, dried right. mushroom, freeze dried mushrooms or something like that. I really felt like, wow, I have gone up in the world. Now, now I'm using black label. Yeah, yeah, and and there's there's probably some pretty significant advertising behind that as well, like that segmentation and justifying the higher price, and no doubt some um, some Korean celebrity behind that endorsement. Probably. <laughs> so, what's your favorite Korean brand? Uh, oh, good question. That's really hard. Um, I don't know if I, I have a rattle some names off for you. I don't, I don't know if I have a really have a favorite Korean brand. I think. Korea makes a lot of stuff, right? Mm. But a lot of people don't know that it comes from Korea. Like Hyundai. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kia, I think Lotus. that they uh, mm, they may be the another thing to fact check. When I looked at this before, they were the the world's largest car manufacturer. Like the the most popular selling car mm. was the Hyundai XL. I remember when that fantastic Uber awesome ad came out back in I think late nineties, early early twenties. Yeah. Yeah, it was like black. It was black and white. The, yeah. the ad, not the car. Yeah. And yeah. it had a really like catchy song that was really popular back then. Uh -huh. <laughs> and everybody just wanted an Excel back then. Yeah. Well, the way um, that they launched that product is really interesting. So they started at a very basic product mm. and it was pretty kind of low quality like if you look at the history of Hyundai it's a fascinating story mm. um, what they did is they they very um, uh, very carefully crafted an entry-level product that would get you know people that were price conscious and then maybe looking for their first car or whatever and they made it functional so it, it wasn't fancy and it mm. didn't have high-end trimmings and all that sort of stuff but it did what a car should do and it was, right. you know, it was re relatively good. And they had, they had a few teething problems with safety and stuff in the first, <laughs> in the in the early years, but nothing too bad. And then then they started to get into um, uh, improving the pro the quality of the product and doing really good warranty periods. Mm. So people like I remember that Hyundai was one of the first manufacturers to offer a seven year warranty which like in the early 2000s was un, unheard of. Mm. And so they started to back themselves and say, okay, look, we, we, you know, we started out as a functional car brand, fairly reasonably priced, um, getting um, distribution that way and starting to like get people familiar with the brand and the product. Mm. And then over time, they started to increase the quality, increase the price, and then segment other um, levels out of that to really build what, Hyundai is today and they've you know they've taken talent from um from other German um automotive manufacturers and have a, a brilliant supply chain and you know do do very well as a as an automotive brand yeah Kia's done pretty well because Kia is the sponsor of the Australian Open the that's right is yeah every year yeah that's yep. huge and that's a big for the Australian career relationship that's probably one of the mm -hmm. pinnacle ones for, for a couple of reasons, a because of um, introducing Korean tennis players into the into the league, 
but also just promoting Australia as a destination. And it does that that kind of soft power thing that Korea is very good at. Yes, we're known from K-pop, the yeah. K-wave. Yeah, yeah, is something that now Australia is starting to improve back the other, the other way. Okay. And so things like sports diplomacy and stuff are a real emerging area for us you know whether that's tennis or or golf or AFL. um afl or well i'm not sure about afl maybe maybe there's probably a little bit of adjustment to go there but um koreans are really into baseball and mm. and last year they sent a korean team out to to compete in the australian baseball league and they were <laughs> like a there was a whole sort of documentary on them and living together and unfortunately they didn't do very well but um but yeah, so there's these soft power things that are starting to come through now, and I think sports diplomacy is important for the relationship. Absolutely. I mean, Australia's, the foundation of Australian culture is um, beer and sports, so if you can find commonalities yeah. in there, I mean, you can find commonalities in solving whatever other issue or business. Well, this, um, yes, now that, you, now that you say it like that, this probably makes even more commonality of different themes with Korea, because... You know, Koreans love drinking and Koreans love sport and it's a big, like, they're probably more influenced by American um, sports like baseball and basketball yes. um, and, and because of the American involvement and supporting South Korea, you know, after the war and everything. Um, but, uh, and there's still a very heavy American presence in, in, in Korea, but, but yeah, there's a lot of commonality. They love the outdoors. They like traveling. Um, they love sports. They love to socialize. And so I think um, that's potentially why you've seen some of these Korean things like barbecue mm. um, becoming so successful in Australia because there's lots of commonalities in what we enjoy. So does Australia have a good market for anything else that the Korean brands or Korean products that could... Uh find its way over here maybe as in like bringing COVID. stuff from korea into yeah, australia yeah any recommendations korea's really good at medical stuff okay like um probably one of the best um or most advanced um kind of medical um technology and medical research industries in the world and, and australia is also good in that that in certain pockets as well mm. like you look at cochlear and um what we've done with hearing research and um, things like that. So may, maybe probably more area for collaboration on um, medical services and training and cross, you know, kind of cross training in those areas would be interesting. I, I also know of a um, an Australian company that has a, a pretty um, interesting agreement with a Korean company, and they're doing um, uh, artificial insemination for like um, for pregnancy and mm. for helping people. Um, that are having trouble with with getting pregnant, and mm. and so there's some some medical um, collaboration going on there as well. Um, so yeah, there are pr pr probably more areas in in that in in that industry. Um, obviously, cos cosmetics uh, in Australia is yes. you know there's the, and there's more presence now, like with um, Korean duty free stores opening up in airports. Um, and, and obviously in, in, uh, in the city centers as well, you're starting to see more Korean duty free or Korean cosmetic shops coming in. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the beauty shops and they, uh, have a lot of Korean brands, especially the, space, yeah. the facial masks, you know, the ones that make your skin tight with collagen and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff, and, yeah. and ironically, probably a lot of the ingredients for those come from Australia. Are you kidding? So it's been shipped back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> is what, this product. is like, talking back to that embryonic, like kind of. Um, relationship of supporting each other. You yeah. know, we supply the raw stuff, they turn it into something a little bit better and then send, <laughs> sell it back to us. <laughs> uh, it's 
a two-way street, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. In the last episode that we uh, did, you mentioned about perception, uh, a distorted mm. perception of Korea worldwide um, mm. through you know various media channels who, who I guess are basically focused on political issues and yeah. and and to promote fear. So if there's something that Australia could do better in terms of um, uh, being more perceptive or yeah. sensitive about the Korean culture, yeah, I I just think. Um just more coverage really like mm. if we could encourage australian media to talk about korea more mm. and take an interest in you know korean issues korean politics korean people mm. lifestyles that sort of stuff um that that's probably really the starting point it's not an easy one to direct yes but um i think a lot of um international uh, conversations or international commentary in Australia is either based on, um, you know, trade wars, US, China, or challenges in Europe with economy and stuff mm. like that, that perhaps we, we could look more to talking about what is happening in Korea. And, you know, Korea make, made good strides in um, fighting COVID-19 and oh, they you. rapidly evolved testing and they also had like some pretty advanced um, app, um, app technology running that would, you know, notify people if they'd been in contact with someone that had contracted. Which Australia has adopted recently. Yeah, we've, yes. we've, ta we've tackled a little bit of, yeah. of that, but I think the speed and the, um, the adoption of that technology mm -hmm. in Korea was phenomenal. Yeah. Like that, I think, and this is probably something that we can learn from, but that, um, sense of collectivism and, um, if, if the government sets a direction, then people really get behind it. I think that's a big difference between um, Korea and Australia and, and comes down to cultural differences, obviously. But and Korea's government is a democracy. Yeah. The, it's a democratic yeah, it's, it's, it is right? a Yeah, it is a democracy. It's sort yeah. of modelled on the American um, system. Mm -hmm. um, so they have elections and they just had elections, uh, was it last, last weekend? Not, yeah, not that long ago. Um, but... Um, where I think Korean people really get behind initiatives. Mm. So if the government says, you know, you should download this app and you should use it because it'll help all of us to overcome this terrible mm. virus and to, you know, to track down infections and, and make sure that people get treatment before it becomes a problem. If only we had that same level of, <laughs> of um, kind of not, not humility, but... Like trust just or, or trust, yeah, trust. I guess is a, is getting close to it. It's mm. hard to put it into a into a word, but um, you know that that could really benefit us a lot. I think, um, and and even even when the Korean economy was having problems off the back of um, in the in the in the nineteen eighties, when you know the Asian tigers were having some financial problems, like Korean people would. Um, would go into their their jewelry boxes and collectively pull out the gold mm. and sell it and give it back to the country to help revitalize the the nation's economy. So, wow. you know, there's a there's a real sense of um, collectivism and we're all in this together. That um, that I think we could benefit from if we could somehow take something away from that. Sounds very similar to uh, China one stage in, in um, time when they collectively collected iron. Yeah, okay. <laughs> to melt all the iron, I think. Yeah, okay. Was it like in a war thing or something? Yeah, it was to build national strength, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
It was during the Mao era. L yeah, let's not go there anymore. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a conversation for another time. That's right. But it just throw the similarities in there. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So in the last episode, we also talked about uh, how strong the um, Korean uh, K-pop drama mm. uh, with the introduction of, you know, Parasite, the director, he, we won the Academy Award for the best yeah. movie, yeah. Uh, who, who also directed Train to Busan, uh, yeah. and also uh, The Masked Singer, which is a TV series uh, that's, you know, become global as well, being adopted for, with the Australian version, yeah. uh, as well as the TV show Running Man. So I actually watched the original Running Man movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Have you seen it? I haven't. Okay. It's on SBS On Demand. And the it, original Running Man had it's, it's Arnie in it? Movie. Yeah. Really? Arnold, Arnie. And in it, he actually says, I'll be back. Wow. I didn't know that. I know. You, you can watch it. It's for free. Uh, that's the only reason why it caught me was because Running Man, I'm like, I thought it was a Korean TV series, but y yeah. yeah. No, it was like from the eighties. Uh, it's an Arnie movie. Yeah, okay, interesting. <laughs> so are there any other like um, t Korean TV series or K-pop that we should all be listening to or watching right now? Or you've been listening or watching right now? I think if... Um, I think if there was, like if there was a trend, it would already be here. And it kind of comes through funny ways. Like I find that um, my colleagues in Korean class that either come from Hong Kong or China or Vietnam or Indonesia, they're my source of inspiration oh, when it comes to new <laughs> Korean trends because they pick that stuff up before anybody else. Oh, they, know, they know me? what's going on. Um, so that, that there's a there's a little insight into like if you want to know the latest trends about Korea, don't go to the Koreans, go to the <laughs> go to the people from go to the other Asians. Yeah, exactly, exactly, because <laughs> they'll fo they'll follow what's going on. Um, but yeah, like it's it's interesting to see um, the emergence of creativity art and culture really coming to to the fore now mm. and i think um the fact that that parasite was so successful at the academy awards and that's won so many um so many um prizes is because um you know the 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 attention and the dedication that korean people put into their endeavors i was watching this thing this morning somebody sent a video of um diane yoon have you seen that lady that paints on her face have you seen that oh it's crazy Not yet. It's crazy. Like, um, I'll show you after this, but um, if you get a chance, go and look her up. Her name's Diane Yoon. And she um, she paints, like, faces and things on her own face. face. Oh, like, wow. so she started out as a traditional artist and would um, do body painting and things like that. And then she found that people were getting too bored because it takes a long time to do, <laughs> to for someone to sit there, you know, for 12 hours or whatever while someone's painting on them. So she started um, practicing on herself using a mirror. And she draws like double eyes and like extra pairs of lips and nose. and It's amazing. It's okay. A, like she is sensational. Wow, well, I'll have to check and her out. Yeah, I'll, sh I'll show you some, um, sh some, some pictures after this. But, um, but yeah, it, across a number of endeavors, um, you know, whether it's music, whether it's acting, um, art, uh, artists and things like that, um, you know, there's some great Korean talent out there. Which, which, is, which is really good because stereotypically people think of um, Korean people as being more academic and, mm. and sort of maths and science focused as opposed to the creative industries. Or sports. <laughs> or sports, yeah. There's some great Korean athletes too. Yeah, some um, great Korean golfers. They're yeah. huge into golfing, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, yeah especially the, the girls. They're usually dominating That's the... Right. Dominating the world uh, in, their, in their fields. Go, go girl. Go girl power. 
Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the validation. <laughs> <laughs> now to end it all. Uh huh. Would you like to speak some Korean for our listeners? Oh man, put me on the spot. <laughs> so anything that you've learned from your uh, Korean language school? I only I only just started classes again. And I got in trouble because I hadn't done my homework. And like, do you know what? I didn't really have an excuse because they kind of paused the classes for like six weeks while we've all been in self-isolation. Which you should have had time to which study Korean. Which I should Korean. have had time. But then I only got the acceptance into the class like on the Monday and I was like, oh crap, I haven't done my homework yet. As in this Monday? <laughs> yeah, as in oh, this, no. this Monday. And the class started on Tuesday night. Um, so I, I got I got in trouble for not doing my homework. I'm not, I'm not the most academic of, of students, um, but I've only got myself to blame. <laughs> oh, at least you can <laughs> admit that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but then when I do How do class... you say, I'm sorry? There you go. Oh, chesongamnida. There you go. Yeah. But it's... Um, I really enjoy it. Like, when I do class, I find that, you know, it exercises a different part of your mind and... Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's something that I, I really... And, and I started doing that in Korea. Like, it was one of the conditions... Uh, of my employment is that I had to pass the Korean, the Korean exam it was one of my KPIs. <laughs> and so I, I, I was very lucky. I had a tutor a couple of days a week before work. And, um, and then obviously it's easier to study Korean while you're there. So I don't practice enough here, but I do have a good group of Korean and Australian friends mm. that speak Korean. Um, Which you all have to do via means, Zoom because yeah. there's no, you know, social interaction yet. Yeah, but I enjoy it, and it's it's um it's a beautiful language. It's not hard to learn. Twenty six characters. You could probably learn the alphabet in in a weekend if you put your mind. There's always um, Duolingo as it. well. Duolingo, I've just downloaded and and I'm ready to try try that out. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a great language to learn. Excellent. We all have to learn more Korean and learn more about Korean cultures. Yeah, well, it will help you understand the Korean people a lot better. I remember the first couple of years that I spent living in Seoul, I questioned everything. Mm. And when I started to learn the language, I was like, oh, this makes sense now. You know, yeah. I can understand how people think and put their sentence structures together. And for all those listeners out there, if you want to recognize some Korean brands, well, LG, I'm sure everyone has an LG appliance of some yep. sort tv particularly good for like washing machines right. and fridges and um they even make those little robotic vacuum cleaner things although they're quite expensive i think they're like 800 bucks but very useful mm. but um yeah lg's lg's a great brand yeah and obviously uh, android phones samsung that's korean as well yep yep yep, yep. a lot yep. of a lot of samsung phones well all yeah <laughs> samsung is a korean <laughs> Is a Korean brand, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like one of the biggest is either Apple or Samsung. Yep. Yep. Uh, and ha is it Hankook Tires? I never knew. Hankook Tires, yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're big as well. They and they've been Australia. they've been in Australia a long time, yeah. and we're always a very competitive, a competitively priced brand. I think that's another case of like that Hyundai mm. model of make a really functional product that works very well at a reasonable price, and then start to build a brand off the off the back of that. Good on you for picking that up. I don't think many people would know. Oh, I picked it up because Hancock I think tires. I got the uh, tires from them one time. I was like, oh, <laughs> what's Hancock? I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people make the mistake of associating <laughs> Korean brands thinking that they're from China. Exactly. So mm. that's like I thought with the uh, two minute noodles. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and as well as Angry Birds. I thought Angry Birds was like Taiwanese, but it's yeah. actually from Finland. Oh yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think it was Korean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I was like, oh, hang on a sec. <laughs> it's actually from Scandinavia. <laughs> and height beer is it? Is that how it's said? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. H I T. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Height. 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 Height beer. Well, thank you very much, Opa Adam. 
Yeah, Platonic fun. brother. Fun. Good. <laughs> we should do some more of these. Absolutely. More on business and on um, TV shows, screen drama. Once you ask the ladies from your language class what's the hottest thing to follow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching one at the moment called Itaewon Class and it's really good. It's about um, it's about a guy who gets bullied at school and then it's all the stuff that happens to him afterwards. Aww. Which is pretty cool. Everyone... But yeah, that's something worthy to binge on on, on Netflix. Alright, everyone stream it. Maybe we can talk about Itaewon Class next. Okay, episode. maybe I, I, I will watch it you first. To watch it, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. As always, pleasure to have you on Opera Adam style. Alright. version. Signing off. <laughs> Signing off you <laughs> Bag right out. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrat, it does cost us a bit to produce and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid.